Well, welcome to episode three of the A Little Better podcast. We are so excited for this third installment of a series we're calling Trust Issues. And this podcast episode, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into this past Sunday's message from our lead pastor, Drew Karsher, where we talk about all things fear, Judges chapter six with the man Gideon, and how did he overcome his fear? What did his fear lead him to do? What are we afraid of? And make sure you listen all the way to the end because we have a big podcast announcement, including a ton of great reads and resources of how can you overcome your fear and put faith in the place of it. I hope that you are led to be a little better because remember our goal in this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit together be a little better. Let's dive in. Welcome to A Little Better. This is installment number three of Trust Issues. From this past Sunday, we're taking a deeper dive into this past Sunday's message on Gideon. Uh, Drew, how you feeling? I feel good. Yeah, I feel great about Sunday. I thought it was a powerful, powerful, powerful Sunday. I also am tired from the Cowboys win. That's right. They got that W last night. You were you were sharing that. I got, I got to share a little football piece because I don't have much to offer. And I know that college football is not huge up here in the north, but the Razorbacks are 4-0, which is a huge thing. We're, we're almost uh, on the losing streak of the Cowboys, probably a little worse the past couple of years, uh, but we're, we're 4-0 right now. So that's Just a, so everybody knows that's Arkansas. Razorbacks. That's right. Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah. Later on in the podcast, we can teach everyone how to call the hogs, but maybe this is not an appropriate time uh, to do it in this regard. Um, but yeah, so we talked about fear on Sunday. So it's so appropriate and like a junior high small group to do an icebreaker uh, on what is your biggest fear? Anybody can jump in. Well, way, way to lighten the mood there, Daniel. There is <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a fun way to start it off. That's right. What is your um, biggest I have, fear? I have lots of them. I mean, the biggest one, I don't know. That's that's tough. There's a bunch. I, it was funny. I was just thinking about, I mean, I'm getting a little older. I mean, I have a fear of dying. I don't have a fear of death. I mean, if I step off a curb and get hit by a bus, I'm in glory. But that's not how most of us go. You know, I mean, I'm waiting on my second total knee replacement and I'm just not thinking things are going to get better mechanically and otherwise with my body. I've had some chronic pain issues for years. And I just like, I don't, I don't see that trending in the right way. So just to, and I mean, I was, you know, I was with both my parents when they died. My dad had six months of cancer and that wasn't pretty, you know, so I mean, yeah, uh, on, a, on a really, you know, serious note, I mean, that looks hard, you know, the process of dying, especially if it takes, you know, a long time or, you know, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's right up there. And as well as just the fear of other people, I, I care more about what other people than what God thinks way too much of the time. Mm. Yeah, it's good, Brad. 
I have a practical one and an irrational one. Uh, my practical one is snakes. I hate snakes. I, <laughs> I, I just don't like animals that surprise you, right? So oh, like even, even like good. mice, I'm not afraid of mice, but I hate like when you're walking and they jump out and you don't know where they're at. I don't like that. Same with snakes. You're usually walking around and there's one laying right there and boom, there he goes. And yeah, anyway, I don't like snakes. And then irrational is just, man, I fear for my kids. You know, I have a ton of irrational things that happen to them that I create in my mind that I'm afraid of. But yeah, so I fear for the future of my kids that they would be abducted, taken. Like I just, again, yeah, those are just things that shouldn't keep me up at night, but do often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think for, for me, it's, uh, it, it, I don't have like a great fear of the dark, but like when I can't, when I don't know what's there, it's, it's like, uh, I get a little uneasy. I, I got to find a light switch in the house. Like it's, uh, in that regard, but it's kind of flipped on me too, because Rena loves hiding in the dark. That's my wife at night. Mm. And so, uh, she loves like jumping out and scaring me whenever possible. Um, uh, but I returned the favor. I, I, we have so many stories from our first couple of years of marriage in the sense of uh, just hiding because that's what you do when you're broke on date night. You just play hide and seek in the dark, right? Uh, but yeah, so that that's probably my irrational and rational fear all at the same time. Um, but for as a new father, you know, our, my son's a one and we got another son on the way in December. Um, and so just growing kids ministry one at a time. Um, but, uh, I fear for my kids as well of like, what is the world they're going to live in? How can I protect them, raise them well, you know, be a father they need. Like, it's just, yeah, it's fully encompassing. Um, but fear does these weird things to us, um, as well, just like it did for, for Gideon. Um, but in, in Gideon's standards, he, he was, get a lot of practicalness to, to his fear as well. Like he's hiding in a wine press just to get a little bit of food. Um, but for, for you guys, when Gideon is in the midst of this learning phase, what stands out for you most about this, this, just the whole story of Gideon from, you know, judges six all the way through the end, like, what's that big moment for you of like, I relate to Gideon here. Maybe it's multiple ports, but like, points in the story but like here's the here's where I relate the most to Gideon I think um if I jump in um so for me it's like we we love all the highlights in the bible I mean it's like we see miracle after miracle after miracle you know the walls fall down you know 300 men route 100,000 men you know those those are all awesome events like a highlight reel but just to see that everyone's story I mean their lives aren't filled with that. I mean, those are unique events for them too. And just to see God's patience with Gideon all the way up to that, I mean, that, you know, God would take the time, you know, to chase him down, overcome his doubts, overcome his fears, you know, work with him, you know, wean down the man. I mean, it's just, there's, God is in it for the long haul. Yes, we, we have those victories and we treasure those victories and remember those victories, but um just god's god's patience and i'm sorry if i can riff a little bit you know i always grew up with hearing about get you know people talk about putting out a fleece you know as a way to find god's will 
And it, it's just, it's exactly opposite. Do not follow Gideon's example. It's a bad example, right? I mean, God was very clear what his will was. And Gideon was just full of, full of doubt and even disobedience. And God just outlasted that, was patient with him. So um, it's just, for most of us, like Gideon, what God wants us to do is very clear. It's just the fear of actually doing it. So that's, I guess, what stands out with me was God really coached him through that. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Drew. I was just going to say, I think for me, it's, it is similar to that, right? How many times do I ask God for a sign for something that I already know the answer to, right? Or should know the answer to. Um, and so, and then God gives me a sign, right? And I want another one, yeah. right? right like okay cool god or maybe I, I, that in that moment I'm like okay guys see your sign cool but i need to make another decision so i need another sign right like almost every decision you make you want to sign and it's like god's got to be exhausted right like yeah you can hear jesus i mean the jesus exasperation enough with the signs already you know <laughs> yeah, seriously. i don't know be standing you know lazarus you know you know the story of the rich ruler and lazarus dude if they don't i mean they've had plenty of signs everything is there if, if what they heard what they've seen doesn't change their minds yet it's never going to change their minds right yeah i just love god's patience in that journey too right like i just mm -hmm. you know it's so hard to fully understand God, right? Because some other places in the Bible, you're like, man, just, just strike Gideon down and move on to the next person. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he is so patient with Gideon. And I just, I love that about God. Yeah. I'd be yeah. jealous if God was that way. Yeah. Oh man. I, I sympathize with Gideon though. I'll be, I'll be the, the oddball. I sympathize yeah. with Gideon's a little bit of wisdom in like, Hey, are you sure you want me to do this? Like, cause it's like <laughs> he, it, what God's, you know, for a lot of times for us and our stepping out of faith, uh, it doesn't really compare to like, I want you to go and conquer a nation that's been persecuting you, stealing your food, killing your animals and your livestock, like just persecuting your entire nation, your family. And he's like, I want you to go strike them down. And I think the literal wording is like, as if you were by yourself, like as if you were one man, you're going to take them out. And if I was getting, I'd be like, are you sure God? Like, so measure, I, I sympathize with getting, getting once, right? yeah, one, one positive sign but then he starts getting another one then it kind of gets it's like okay get in he, the, god is actually calling you to do this thing are you going to do it or not are you going to be um, obedient don't you think an angel from god is <laughs> right like okay i get uh -huh. like i sympathize a little bit but then there's yeah hey, gideon an angel is talking to you right now hello gideon that's pretty pretty significant right yeah, but he didn't realize it was an angel till the end. He's like, oh, shoot, that was an angel <laughs> in the midst of it. Yeah, because Gideon, you know, for him in his world and even in ours, he depended so much on who he was declared to be by others around him. He, he got he formulated his identity or his status based on he's like, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. He's like, I'm at one of the weakest tribes in Israel, Manasseh, who's referenced as a half tribe known for their really small army. And he's like, and my father, he's at the bottom of that tribe and I'm at the bottom of the family. So I can't be, I'm a nobody. Um, yeah. And so how much of the time do we just depend on who 
our culture declares us to be based on our, our quote unquote influence from others affirmation around us. And that's dependent on whether we can actually make an impact in the world or not. Yeah. So if God uses you, just realize you're the biggest loser he found. So (laughs) that's our action step. Yeah. Yeah. Just the Joshua, right? Joshua is the somebody he is the commander of the army, you know, but Gideon's, you know, no one knows who Gideon is, right? When he, I wonder, like, when he went to rally the army, everyone's like, who is, who is this guy, right? <laughs> and you can tell how much people trusted in him, right? When God says, if you're afraid, leave. And 22,000, right. like, oh, man. Yeah, I don't believe in you, Gideon. So <laughs> I'm out of here, right? That's not how you want the sales meeting to go. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Can you imagine that process, right? Like, like how much more does like fear, right? you're talking about a sign, right? Mm. That was a sign to you're going the wrong direction, right? When 22,000 of your other friends and yeah. army guys are like, mm, this is a losing <laughs> battle. We're out of here. And yeah, yeah. like, that's got to be enough to instill fear in you, right? Yeah. 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 That just tells me like, how much do we depend on other people's affirmation to like have the courage to do what we feel like God's calling us to do. Like if, if you've got a passion in your heart or a burden for you to lead your family a specific way or step out and start a business or whatever the case may be, we need all these other people rallying around us, even though we feel very convicted, like, okay, God's nudging me in this direction. But I, but I also need like, Hey, so-and-so best friend. Like I need you to also affirm me and, and mm-hmm. Gideon for the most part, he didn't have that, you know, mm-hmm. all through his story, he, he's a nobody. And then the first big thing God calls him to do is like, get rid of the idols. And he's so scared to do that. He does it at nighttime. And when they figure out the Asher pole, this big idol is gone. They're like, who in the heck did this? He wasn't the first person they even looked to, 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 lead the charge for God and like get rid and purge it of all this wickedness. He's like, who in the heck is this guy all the way through his story? It's like, who in the world is this? And because of that, the opposite rings true so much in our lives that we get paralyzed by fear or fear makes us do some strange things. And, and for us, for you guys, if you just could be honest, where, where is fear done that in your lives? Where is fear just, or anxiety, whatever that may be, led you to not trust God or act in a, a way that wasn't what God was calling you to actually do? Yeah, I, I think it makes me rely more on myself, right? When I become afraid, I feel like I have to be the protector, be the, mm-hmm. the answer, you know, step up, rise up, right? And, you know, I do that out of pride and really my own dependence right my fear doesn't drive me to my knees it usually drives me to my feet and i think that's probably backwards right when i am afraid i need to recognize on my knees god with me i'm stronger that's a tweetable quote right there (laughs) fear doesn't drive me to my knees it drives me to my feet yeah what about you brad yeah i would say i so many areas, you know, where, again, I mentioned before about just being obsessed with other people think and how that gives me anxiety and keeps me up at night, you know, um, 
at times when I really should be posting God's opinion. But that that comes to the fore with sharing Christ with others. I yeah. I just feel that there are situations where I'm not nearly bold enough. I mean, again, I need to fleece. God's will is pretty clear, and we ought to be excited about sharing the greatest gift imaginable with everyone. And yet I do remember myself being in a room like a couple of years ago with alums. I mentioned I went to a secular university and got to get with some guys I hadn't seen in 30 years and their wives. And um, they were talking about faith and just they were just arguing for atheism. And I just felt like, I mean, I, I did try to speak up, but I just felt like in one way I was tongue tied. Another way I just felt, you know, not articulate enough, but also just not bold enough, you know, just mm. to seize opportunities. But yeah, I would just say sharing Christ with others. I, I'm not bold enough. There, there's, there's a fear there that's uh, I have to fight. Yeah. How have you uh, through the years or just like in the recent time, like, what have you done to combat that fear? Have you, is there some battle readiness that you have in the morning or like what, what is the factors that lead into your courage uh, opposite than fear or not opposite or, but just conquering that fear in spite of it? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we sound like broken records, you know, on this podcast, but um, scripture, right? So there was a lot of self-talk. There was this, this internal dialogue, you know, where you just, you know, you beat yourself up or, you know, argue for all the reasons that, you know, it shouldn't be or whatever, but it's just like any, you know, people's promises are very uncertain, right? Their favor is very fickle, but I can go to scripture and I can read Romans eight twenty eight that says all things work together for good to those who are, um, uh, called by God. Help me, Drew. According to oh. his purpose. What's that? Well, called according to his purpose. Yes. And Philippians 1 6, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So those are rock solid, right? Those aren't fickle. Those aren't dependent on anyone. That's God's plan. That's his desire. That's his intent to bring glory to himself by doing that through me. So that's, I think that's where I have to fight the, the negative self-talk and just soak myself, you know, you know, memorizing scripture, um, just reminding myself of those promises. Uh, you version, again, I keep going back to that because it's awesome, but you can find plans there that'll just be full of hammering you with promises from God yeah. on a basis that just uh, can encourage you. Yeah. Absolutely. For, for me in my life, it's it, a lot of the times my fear that gets driven to my feet comes out of a, a scarcity mindset. You know, I, I, the way right. I was raised, like I was raised with money managers of like, we got to store, store up the grains because we don't know what might happen, which you know, my, my dad was uh, in, in the sense of uh, was raised a poor tenant farmer family that, you know, sometimes they didn't have enough to feed all seven kids. And so it's totally understandable in that regard, but that comes out and that, what's been implanted, you know, in me, in my bones, if you want to say that is comes when we're doing the budget and I want to be generous to it's like, Oh, I don't know. Like there's not, what if there's not enough? What, what if I don't have enough? Um, and I have this scarcity mindset and I have to overcome that uh, with God's promises that if he 
you know, covers the lilies, if he uh, supplies all the birds of the air with grain, how much more, you know, how much more will he take care of his kids in that sense? And that's a Daniel standard translation for Matthew six, but it, it just reminds me in the sense of, we have so many messages that are floating around in our world that we're just getting implanted, like how you should handle your retirement, how you should invest your money, how you should live your life, what, how much other people's opinions matter. But the reality is, is even though these messages are floating around the world, only if you allow it in, will it actually begin to take root in your life. It reminds me, if I can riff just a little bit with a small story of we we have some god kids um in arkansas that we um that we love on and we go see pretty regularly um as much as we can now living so far away and um koi's my godson who's eight uh a couple of years ago we were in a car wash and we were in like one of those rainbow car washes they put all the colorful you know soap on your car and um and he was worried that it was going to get in he was like it's getting on the car it's getting on the car it's gonna get in and and i told him i said well only if i let it in only if i roll the windows down so it, it just you know that story just reminds me of like only if we roll our spiritual windows down if you will and allow that to get those messages to get into our lives either positive or negative will they actually affect us on the inside, which impacts how we live our lives. And so it just begs the question, like, what are we regularly intaking into mm. our lives? Because that dictates a lot on how we live. I think that's something people don't understand about fear is fear often drives you to fearful things, right? Mm. Okay. So the fear of man, right? Most people who have that fear are driven to social media which just builds into that fear, right? Yeah. Most people have a fear of the future, right? What our country is going to look like. And guess what that drives them to? Media, you know, depending on what your media is. And all that does is build into your fear rather than help you overcome your fear. That is yeah. so it's almost addictive that when I feel afraid, I go to the thing that makes me afraid. It's like the natural response of fear. And it makes no sense logically, but it's what mm. we naturally do. And mm. so we have to learn when we are afraid to go to a source of hope rather than a source of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because those socialized fears, if I want to call it that, and I'm not like a psychologist or sociologist or anything, but like I've had intro to sociology. So that there's all my knowledge that comes from, but if I, if those seem like social fears that we're talking about, like fear of man, fear of scarcity, fear of our country, but all of our other fears, we wouldn't do that. Right. Drew, you said you're scared of snakes. Like you wouldn't like, if, you, if you're taking to the, your kids to the zoo, what's the one exhibit you're like, I, I don't really want to go there. It's like the reptile exhibit, right? You, you don't want to go in and see snakes. Like when we go to the zoo, our family, like maybe Reen and I grew do. up in Arkansas. I don't want to see snakes. I've seen a ton of snakes. I'm not going. I'm not going in the reptile exhibit. Like I'm oh. avoiding that thing. I'm, I'm like, hey, let's go see the bears. Let's go see something else. But <laughs> On those socialized fears, you you said it right, Drew. It it drives us to like, I gotta feed the beast, or I gotta go to I go to that thing, even though it's the thing that's producing this angst within me. We so, 
ourselves too, Daniel. We're yeah. like, I have to know the information. And no, mm-hmm. you you don't. Like so many people tell me today, like you got to watch the news or you got to you got to be on social media so you know what's going on in our world or you need to know what's going. No, you don't. You don't. And that thing is actually hurting you more than it's helping you. Mm-hmm. And it's like you yeah. said, Daniel. It's what you let in, right? We get to decide what we roll the window down for and what we allow in and what we don't. And some people just need to roll the window up and shut that nonsense out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is that the, uh, I guess I'll push back on somebody that wants to probably stay in, stay informed. Is, is that the only, is that the only answer? Is the only answer saying like, hey, just shut off the news station or completely get off social media? Is that just a blanket answer for us? Or is there... Is there a third option? Is there a third way? Yeah, Drew. Yeah, I, 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 one, I think it's circumstantial, right? Yeah. I think it depends on who we're talking about and how big their fear is. But, you know, I think Jesus says, you know, when your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he, listen, he's, that's, you know, not literal. So just for everybody. But I think, hey, why? I, we can always bring it back. But if we, Mm. even if it's just that small stream that causes fear, like just shut it off for a season and get to a place where you can health healthfully interact with those things. Mm. Yeah. There's these great features. If you're an Apple person, it's called uh, screen time and limits that you can actually limit the amount of media intake that you have. If that's, if you have a fear of people or fear of our future of our country, like there's some practical wisdom that um that can come from the source of scripture and you know there's a story i was reading i was actually sharing this with you yesterday drew uh, in acts 4 where peter and john are before the jewish leadership and they start talking and like what comes out of them is the response to the jewish leaders they're like who in the heck are these guys they're just untrained ordinary men but we can tell they've been with Jesus. And, you know, a lot of times in our, in our society, in our socialized society, when I'm around people and they just start talking for a little bit, you can really tell who people have been around and what they've been intaking into their tank. Like if they've been, man, you've been around fill in the blank news channel, (laughs) like you've been around like whoever the case may be, but may it be said of us that we've been with Jesus in this, mm-hmm. sense. we spend time with him. And that's the only thing that's going to be able to overcome our fear because for Gideon, his story, it's like when he had an encounter with God, that encounter thrusted him forward, even though he was reluctant, disobedient. So much of the time that encounter thrusted him forward and led him to have courage in spite of his fear. Yeah. I, Go ahead, Brad. That remind that screen time thing just reminded me of the sense of balance, and also thinking about that question of just like totally obliterating other like social media or news or whatever. But just think about the balance, right? I mean, how many minutes a day is prayer occupy your life? How many minutes a day is the Bible occupy your life? How many minutes a day is social media occupy your life, or whatever your favorite news channel is, or you know these other things? So I, I think it's just you know your phone gets a hold of you a whole lot more, unfortunately, than me, right? I mean, you just look at that screen time. Look at those number of hours. I spend that much time in mm. a good godly book, you know, or, yeah. 
or uh, or or the word, or just hanging with the godly people. I mean, there's so many things that to, to, that are a healthier balance to feed the right things rather than feed the fear. Yeah, yeah, you got to feed feed the right dog if you want to say it like yeah. that. You got to feed the right one. I was at a work conference a couple of years ago, and uh, the speaker challenged us to like delete all social media apps off our phone just for this weekend, just so we can invest in relationships and time with God or whatever the case may be. And he was like, in it, and I will convince you right now, I don't even know you, but you're addicted to it. Uh, I already know you are. And he's like, if you don't believe me, just delete your, delete it all for just this weekend, just these two days and see if the first moment you're bored, you don't grab your phone. And I was in the elevator like 20 minutes later. I was like, I'll take his challenge. I delete all my social media apps right there on the spot. And I get in the elevator. There's some people at the conference. We're chatting. They all get off. I have to go two floors up. And I literally immediately pull out my phone and try to get on Instagram. I'm like, I have a problem. And I put my phone back in my pocket. And that just started the journey of like screen time, limits. What social media should I be on? Like, what am I actually intaking into me? Because those things that I intake will take root in my life. And I want to be very specific on what I allow to influence me because I don't want to live out of a scarcity mindset. I don't want to be occupied and controlled by fear. I want to be occupied by faith and be present with my family, be present with my friends um, and, and live a life that leaves a legacy far beyond me and Instagram followers. Um, And so, yeah. So what, what's the last words, a challenge that you guys may have for us? So I I don't want to leave this podcast without, comment having drew comment on or just mentioned so the two words and drew in your sermon that you know grabbed me were fears opposite being peace that i mean i might have missed some of what you said because i was just thinking about that you know you know Mm -hmm. afterwards and also the idea of courage you know and the nelson mandela quote you know courage isn't the absence of fear um, and I forget the rest of the quote, but it's basically taking action despite your fear. Um, but those two words, I just thought, I, I just got to think deep on that, that peace is the opposite of fear. And what does biblical courage look like? Yeah, I mean, so I, I just think fear is a big obstacle to obedience, right? I'm afraid, so I'm not going to do it, right? And I think we forget... these biblical characters that we study that do great things right they had to be afraid right your human emotions like like force you into that and yet they did what god called them to and so that's the peace right that's where peace comes right it's like i'm afraid but i know i'm okay right you ever been in a scenario where like there is fear there but you're like god's got me right god's got me i got this like, that's the difference, right? I'm not, you know, I think so many people think they can't be afraid when they do what God's called them to. No, we're all afraid, man. We're all terrified, but there's a peace there that you're just like, man, God's with me. And I think that's the difference. It was the difference for Gideon. I think that, I didn't have time to talk about this. I think it's really important, right? God, as Christ followers, God is always with us. But I think a question you have to ask yourself is, have you been with God, mm-hmm. Right. Just because God is with you doesn't mean you've been with God. I think that's a huge disconnect that a lot of Christians have is we just bank on God being with us to be all that we need. But the problem is if we're not with God and he's not filling us up of the things of him, we do often become afraid. And so there's two parts to that, right? God is always with us. 
his promises are always true. But what often happens like Israel is we wander from God, right? And being with God and God being with you is that package where you overcome your fear. Yeah. And that, and that nuance, it's, it's almost, it reminds me of like in, in relationships, right? That you've, you've seen the couple at, at dinner that are both, both of them are on their phones, right? They're, they're with each other, but they're not with each other. Like they, they are present, but they're not being present. And so like, we're just bringing all these inflections. Like God is always around us with us, but he desires to be an intimate relationship with us. And that's like being aware of his presence. There's a difference of us being aware and in that state of I'm spending time intentionally unhindered, unhurried time with him. And that's when he's able to implant these truths and we can roll down our spiritual windows and just let all the goodness in. Um, that's where trust is those other moments. God, that's where it comes from. Like you don't know God, you don't spend time with God. You, you, you're not going to trust him, right? Mm. You, You can't skip that, right? You can't fast forward that it's a journey it's like any relationship. And until you have intimacy with God, you're not going to trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys can cut this out if I'm talking too much. <laughs> I know that throughout this podcast, we just talked about social media a lot and that connection to fear and anxiety. I just think that is so, so huge. And I know that, I mean, there's a couple of books that just come to mind. One is 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And I honestly forget the author but I know he's a, an associate of John Piper, but uh, that book, you know, from a godly perspective, just thinking about what that phone is doing to you. And from a secular perspective, Cal Newport's got a book on digital minimalism where it's just, yeah. we're, we're just a few years into this experiment of how our lives are being, our brains are being rewired by our, by our phones and social media. So I know it's a bit of a detour, but I think if you talk about anxiety today in society, phones and social media, it's so huge and, just, uh, yeah, that is a battle we cannot give up on. And one last thing before we end this episode is uh, one other resource uh, about social anxiety. Maybe media is not your thing, but maybe Brad, a book that came to mind when you're talking about when people being bigger than God, there's a book yeah. called When People Are Big and God is Small. Uh, those, that's another great resource uh, around trusting God um, in, you know, in spite of our fear of what everybody else is going to think. Um, and yes. so, yes, guys, it's been a great conversation about fear, social media, and, and so many uh, other things. Uh, but if you listen to, if you're still listening, we got a big announcement coming in a couple weeks that a little better is getting a little better. Drew, you want to tell us what's coming? Yeah, we're going to, you know, Zoom is great, but internet. I, I literally, I'm in, in the different office. This is the third different office. And so we're going to be together. I think the conversation is going to flow better. We're going to be in a circle. We're going to get better mics. We're going to have better cameras. So um, like, like our podcast says, we're going to get a, a little bit better because we want this to be a good resource for you guys. And so we're going to take a step forward with it. Yeah. And this will make an impact whether you're watching on YouTube, watching the video version of this podcast, or you just listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'll have better audio quality, better video quality, and we'll get to be in with 
each other with each other be present yes. not in the same space in the same get those screens room. out of here yeah get these screens out of here digital minimalism <laughs> the next step about. is makeup right can they do right. we got to get a state yeah road crew right. oh, you know, yeah. get the makeup clear all the blemishes you know we'll get a little better then well awesome thanks so much for subscribing following us be sure to hit that notification bell so you cannot. You won't miss a single episode of A Little Better. Until next time, 